بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد فان احسن الكلام كلام الله وخير الهدى هدى محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وإن شر الأمور محدثاتها وكل محدثة بدعة وكل بدعة دلالة وكل دلالة في النار To proceed with uh, today's lesson we start the uh, fifth hadith, hadith number five in Al-Nawawi's 40 hadith and this is the hadith of Aisha radiallahu anha may Allah be pleased with her and she narrates and she said that the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said Man ahdatha fi amrina hadha ma laysa minhu fahuwa rad That whoever introduces into this affair of ours that which is not from it then it will be rejected It will be rejected This is reported by Al-Bukhari and Muslim and in, a, in another narration by uh, Imam Muslim, there's a slightly different wording, which is man amila amalan, laysa alihi amruna rad. Whoever does an action which is not in accordance with our affair, then it will be rejected. And the Sheikh uh, comments upon this Sheikh Salih al Sheikh So he says that this hadith is a great, mighty hadith. And the scholars have also treated this hadith to be a great and mighty hadith, meaning that they've um, uh, made great the, the, the standing of this hadith and the status of this hadith. And they said, the scholars said, that this hadith is a foundation in refuting all newly invented matters into the religion and innovations and any such inventions or new things which oppose the Sharia. That this hadith is a foundation in that regard. So the Shaykh continues and he says, so therefore this hadith is a foundation, is a pillar, a foundation in refuting the innovations that we find in the affairs of worship and in refuting or rejecting the forbidden contracts the various contracts, contractual agreements which are invented and fabricated and you know introduced and likewise in rejecting and refuting all of the things which are newly invented and brought about and fabricated all of which oppose the Sharia in the affairs of, of in, in the dealings between the people so even in the Mu'amalat, in the dealings between the people Anything, any, any, any of the affairs which are invented and fabricated and brought about newly, which are in opposition to the Sharia, then they, they too are rejected. Likewise, for example, in, 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 in the contracts relating to an nikah, marriage, uh, and other similar things. So, this hadith is a foundation for refuting and for rejecting these types of affairs in not just the affairs of worship, but also in the affair, in, in the mu'amalat, in the dealings that take place between the people. Um, 
And the Shaykh continues and he says, For this reason, many of the people of knowledge, they, they, said, they, they basically treated this hadith as something that should be adhered to in refuting every newly invented affair. Every innovation from the innovations which have been brought about in the religion, that this hadith should always be adhered to and clung to in, 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 in refuting it and rejecting it. And for this reason, the Sheikh says, it's desirable for, for a student of knowledge that he should be eager for this hadith uh, in, a, in a great way and that he should use this hadith uh, in every situation or in every circumstance in which rejecting the innovation is required and in which rejecting the newly invented affairs is required. Right? So he should resort back to this hadith and refer back to this hadith and the understanding and application of this hadith in rejecting any kind of innovation or newly invented affair, whether it is in the matters of speech or, the ma or, or, or in actions or in beliefs, because this hadith is a foundation regarding, uh, uh, regarding all of these things, speech, belief and action, it can be used to refute innovations in all of these three areas. So the Shaykh then says that the author, meaning Imam al-Nawawi rahimahullah, that he said, and then he narrates the hadith, an Umm al-Mu'mineen, from the mother of the believers, Umm Abdullah, Aisha, the, 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 the mother of Abdullah, Aisha, radiallahu anha, she said, qala Rasulullah, that the messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, said, man ahdatha fi amrina hadha ma laysa minhu, fahuwa radd. Right, so the hadith we've been through it already, that whoever introduces into this affair of ours something which does not belong to it, then it will be rejected. And in the narration by Imam Muslim, uh, which, 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 uh, which, is, which is in the narration of Muslim, Imam Muslim, man amila amalan laysa alihi amruna that Whoever does an action which is not in accordance with our affair will have it rejected. So the Shaykh then starts commenting upon the individual uh, words in this uh, sentence. So he says, Man ahdatha, man ahdatha, uh, which in English translates as whoever introduces, whoever, you know, whoever introduces. And the Shaykh says, uh, the particle man, man, the, laf, the, the, the particle man is... Uh, he says, وَهَذَا لِلْإِشْتِرَاكِ it's, it's like a grammatical uh, issue, grammatical uh, term. And we won't go into all the technical details of it, but basically, uh, it, the first part of it is the action, مَنْ أَحْدَثَ And the result of that, which is at the end of the hadith, فَهُوَ رَدْ It will be rejected. Right? So, مَنْ أَحْدَثَ Whoever introduces something, this is the first part, which is you know, the, the action which if a person partakes in, then the result of it is what is at the end of the hadith, فَهُوَ رَدْ which is, it will be rejected. And what is meant by whoever introduces, مَنْ أَحْدَثَ what, what is the meaning of hadith, in hadith, this newly arisen thing? The Shaykh defines it as, as everything which, uh, which oh, he says it is everything that is not upon the description of the Sharia or upon the characteristics which, which, are, which are found in the Sharia or you know, which are upon the description or characteristic 
of what the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam brought. Right? So anything which is not upon the same characteristics or the same form or the same nature or the same description as what was found or as what is found in the Sharia or as what is found uh, in what was brought by the Messenger Muhammad Sallallahu then this is what is defined as a hadath, meaning something newly arisen, something introduced, something newly brought about. And so that's man ahdatha, and then the hadith continues, fi amrina, that whoever introduces in this affair of ours, in this affair of ours. What is meant in this affair of ours by the word amr? The answer is, it is meant the religion, the deen, the religion. So the meaning is, whoever introduces something into this affair of ours, meaning this deen or this religion of ours. And we find that in, in the Qur'an, we also find that sometimes, that we find in, in, uh, in, in, in one verse, that Allah refers to the affairs of the religion by using the word amr. By using the word amr, meaning the affair, this affair. Like occurs, for example, in Surah An-Nur, Surah 24, verse 63, فَلْيَحْذَرِ الَّذِينَ يُخَالِفُونَ عَنْ عَمْرِهِ أَنْ تُصِيبَهُمْ فِتْنَةً أَوْ يُصِيبَهُمْ عَذَابٌ أَلِيمٌ Then, let those beware who oppose his command عَنْ عَمْرِهِ or his, his affair or his command lest there befall them a tribulation or lest they be afflicted with a tormenting punishment. So here we see that uh, the word Amr has been used to refer to the affairs of the religion. So that, therefore, likewise, in this hadith, when the Messenger says, Man fi amrina hala, that whoever introduces into this affair of ours, meaning by amr, meaning this religion. So the answer to that is that the, 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 that person will have it rejected against him. He will have it rejected. And similarly, in the hadith, we continue. Uh, مَا لَيْسَ مِنْهُ So whoever man ahdatha, whoever introduces fi amrina hadha into this affair of ours مَا لَيْسَ مِنْهُ That which is not from it مَا لَيْسَ مِنْهُ That which is not from it the, 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 This statement here uh, adds clarification because uh, sometimes you know, sometimes a person might introduce something. Something might be, some, something might be introduced, as far as the people are concerned. However, it could be an an abandoned sunnah, which the people have abandoned for a very very long time. So let's say there's a, a sunnah which has been abandoned for many many decades or even centuries, and then a person then introduces it again. Right. So. This, in this situation, this would not come under this hadith. Why? Because this part of the hadith which we've just read, ma laysa minhu, this determines exactly what and what, what, what is and what isn't rejected. Because in this case, if a sunnah that has been abandoned for many, many decades or many, many, year, many, many centuries even, is revived, so someone introduces this sunnah, then clearly this sunnah is already from the religion. It's already from... The sunnah is already from the deen. And so therefore, this wording in the hadith, ma laysa minhu, that which is not from it, would exclude that action or that sunnah from being included in the generality of this hadith. So any person who revives a sunnah from the religion, uh, 
and who reminds the people of it, then obviously this person, he will have a reward, the reward of everyone who acts upon it up until the day of judgment. As occurs in the hadith, وَمَنْ سَنَّ فِي الْإِسْلَامِ سُنَّةً حَسَنَةً فَلَهُ أَجْرُهَا فَلَهُ أَجْرُهَا وَأَجْرُ مَنْ عَمَلَ بِهَا إِلَى يَوْمِ الْقِيَامَةِ That whoever revives or introduces in Islam a sunnah, a good sunnah, then he will have its reward and the reward of everyone who acted upon it up until the day of judgment. So therefore, we find that this hadith and the wording is very precise. مَنْ أَحْدَثَ فِي أَمْرِنَا هَذَا In the religion, مَا لَيْسَ مِنْهُ That which is not from the religion. Um, so, uh, the Sheikh says uh, that this hadith, he said, first of all, مَنْ أَحْدَثَ This then includes, this then defines the newly invented affairs in the religion. Because the messenger clearly said in the next few words, Fi amrina hada, meaning in this religion of ours. In this religion of ours. Meaning in this religion and whatever the command of the Prophet is, is you know is upon, which obviously is his Sharia. And then he continued continued and he said, Ma laysa minhu. Ma laysa minhu. And he says that in uh, in 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 some other narration the wording is slightly different. It occurs, ma laysa fihi, ma laysa fihi. So in one hadith, ma laysa minhu, that which is not from it. And in another, in, in another narration, ma laysa fihi, meaning that which is not within it. But the meaning is essentially uh, the same. The answer, the, what, is, what, is, what is the result of all of that? Fahuwa rad, fahuwa rad. It means that uh, this affair is rejected. It is rejected upon such a person, just as uh, the scholars have said. And in fact, there's a, there's a grammatical issue here regarding this word. فَهُوَ رَدٌ uh, It's like a technical issue. We'll just explain it briefly. Uh, when, the, when, when the messenger said فَهُوَ رَدٌ The word used, رَدٌ is, It's actually uh, in the form, it's, it's not in the passive form. So even though we translate it as, for example, it is rejected, right? So, the, so literally in Arabic, the wording would be فَهُوَ مَرْدُودٌ فَهُوَ مَرْدُودٌ Right? So this is what we translate as, it is rejected. But however, in the Arabic, that was not used. The word that was used is فَهُوَ رَدٌ which is actually the, 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 the noun. It's not the passive noun, it's the, the normal noun. And the Sheikh says that the scholars who specialize in the Arabic language, they say that sometimes... The, the verb, this, this, this uh, noun can be used, but what, 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 actually, what, what is actually intended is the passive participle, is the passive form. So for example, in this case, فَهُوَ رَدٌ But what it really means or what is really intended is فَهُوَ مَرْدُودٌ It is rejected. And then he gives an example, like for example, you say كَسَدٌ بِمَعْنَى مَسْدُودٌ Like you say, for example, a barrier but what you really intend is that something is blocked, right? So you, so you, so you use the, the, the noun barrier, but what you really intend, by what you, what you are implying by that is that something is, is blocked. So anyway, he says that this is something in the language that is, is found in the language, and so therefore uh, the meaning of this hadith is that anyone who introduces into this affair of ours, meaning Islam and the deen and the sharia, something which is not from it, then it will be rejected against him. It will be rejected against him or her. 
So the Sheikh says that even though in this hadith, man amila amalan, because in the, in the, in the second narration of the hadith, man amila amalan, it is said, whoever does an action. So even though in this narration, the word action is used, what is intended by it is the whole of the religion. So even though the messenger says, man amila amalan, whoever does an action, what is actually intended is, is, it refers to all of the affairs of the religion. So for example, whoever does any action by which he seeks to worship Allah, whether it is a matter of speech, whether it is a physical action, or whether it is a belief, then if any of that is not in accordance with Islam, and in, in accordance with the Sunnah and the Sharia, then it will be rejected against such a person. So this is the meaning of, of the hadith, in, uh, broadly speaking. The, the Shaykh has just covered the meaning of, of the hadith, broadly speaking. And then he continues to say that this hadith is a falsification and a nullification of every newly invented matter and every innovation. And it is also a rebuke and a criticism of all of that. And it shows that all of those affairs are rejected upon the people who introduced them. And as the Sheikh has already mentioned previously, that this hadith is a foundation in rejecting the innovations in the religion, and in rejecting the actions, you know, which you know, which which are not from the religion. And then the Sheikh says that when we look at all of the actions in the religion, we find that they can be divided into two things. Uh, they can be divided into two things. The actions are either considered to be acts of worship, ibadat, so these are actions of worship by which we worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, or they can be classified as mu'amalat, and these are actions which are the dealings between the people. Right? So, so actions can be the actions of worship by which we worship Allah and which are directed towards Allah, like for example the prayer, and other such things, these are actions of worship. Or there can be mu'amalat, and these can be the dealings between the people, like for example, uh, business dealings, or dealings of marriage, or affairs of inheritance, and things like that. These are all social dealings which are between the people. Right, so we have ibadat, or we have mu'amalat. And the whole of the sharia, or the whole of the religion, can be divided into these two uh, categories. And the Sheikh says that the newly invented affairs, these muhdathat, these newly invented affairs, they can fall into either of these two categories. Right? So a newly invented affair or an innovation can occur either in the actions of worship, by which we worship Allah, or they can occur in the dealings between the people, in the mu'amalat. Like for example in the affairs of marriage, or in the affairs of business dealings, or in the affairs of contractual agreements, or in, you know, and so on and so forth, into all of the other things which fall into the mu'amalat, which are the social dealings between uh, the people. So, uh, the Sheikh is saying that innovations and newly invented affairs can occur in either of these two categories of action. And the Sheikh says this hadith uh, shows and indicates that every single newly invented matter, irrespective of which category it falls into, whether it's in the ibadat or whether it's in the mu'amalat, that all of that is, is nullified and false. And uh, the Sheikh says that the scholars have spoke a great deal 
uh, regarding these innovations and the newly invented affairs. And when we look into their discussions, we find that this particular hadith, this particular hadith, they have always used this hadith as an evidence in order to reject all of these innovations and all of these newly invented affairs. And these innovations, we know, the Sheikh says that they are blameworthy in the religion. In the religion, they are blameworthy, they are rebuked and censored in the religion, and they are more evil and more harmful than even the greatest of the major sins. You know, the, the, the actions which are the major sins, that these innovations are more severe and evil than even the greatest of the major sins. The reason is because that a person who falls into innovations, he considers his action to be something good. He deems it, deems it to be good. Whereas a major sin, anyone who falls into a major sin, he knows that he's a sinful person, he knows that he's committing evil, and he knows that this action is an evil action, and it's rejected, and he falls into a sin, falls into this sin, knowing full well that he's doing evil. But, but as for the innovations, then those people who fall into them and act upon them, then they do so thinking this to be righteousness, thinking this to be something good, and for that reason, the overall harm of innovations uh, is is definitely more severe and definitely more evil for this particular reason, because people think that they are becoming closer to Allah. That they, are, that they are becoming nearer to Allah by way of these actions when the reality is other than that, but yet they are deceived into thinking that because they think that action is something good. So the Shaykh says, then, we, this, this then is a general, um, this is just a general explanation of the hadith. And then he says, we now need to look at the, you know, what is, what is the meaning? What is the uh, what is intended by al-bida and al-muhdathat? What exactly do we mean when we say the word innovations and when we say the word muhdathat, which are the newly invented affairs? So the Sheikh says the scholars in general we see that they have they have differences regarding the explanation of these words, but he says that uh, he says. Um, he says that, broadly speaking, we can, we, can, we can categorize them into two areas. First of all, we can look at newly invented affairs and innovations from a purely language point of view, or a linguistic point of view, right? So in other words, we're looking at something just purely from its meaning in the language, right? So uh, something that is muhdath, something that is a bid'ah. We can use these terms, meaning something which is an innovation, something which is... Uh, a newly invented affair, but by using this description, we are using it just purely from the angle of the meaning in the language, right? That's one thing. And the second thing is the muhdathat and the bid'ah as it relates to the sharia, right? As it relates to the religion, right? So in other words, these words and the meaning of these words can be used and applied in either of these two different contexts. Either they can be used to mean just purely a linguistic meaning without any connotation or attachment to a Sharia ruling right so and we'll, inshallah we'll give examples of this or they can be used and applied and intended in purely in, 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 in purely a Sharia sense uh, and in which they definitely Im imply some sort of ruling about a particular action or, or whatever so the Sheikh gives an example as for the first one as it relates to just the general linguistic meaning 
right? He says, the Shaykh says that this is, this applies to everything and anything which is newly arisen, which is something that is brought about, irrespective of whether it is in the religion or it is not in the religion. Why? Because this is just like a general linguistic meaning that is applicable to everything and anything. So the, the Shaykh says that with this meaning, that when we, when, with this particular meaning, that obviously this is not what is intended by the hadith. This is not what is intended by the hadith. And likewise, bid'ah, you know, with this, the, the innovations with this particular meaning, this is not what is intended in the hadith. Like, for example, we might say, how excellent an innovation is uh, the automobile, or the cars, or the aeroplane. Right? Because this, this, is, this, is, uh, this is definitely an innovation. It's something which, which didn't have any previous example. It's something that's newly arisen, newly brought about. So we might say, how excellent an innovation is the automobile. So here we're just using the term, just purely from a linguistic point of view. And this particular meaning of the word bid'a, then this is not what is intended in the hadith. Right? We are using the word bid'a from purely a linguistic point of view. And so the Shaykh says, and uh, likewise, something which is muhdath, something which is newly arisen, you know, uh, the same thing can be said about that. And the Shaykh gives, he says, he, he, he gives some, some more examples. He says, like of, 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 the, of, of the type which are, of, of this linguistic meaning, he says, for example, uh, in Medina, when the various uh, paths, you know, the roads and the paths in Medina were changed, and they were expanded, for example, or for example, when um, you know the, the the various buildings were you know built in 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 in, in, in uh, slightly better way, um, you know, and then there were certain other things that occurred in the time of the Sahaba, right? But they were related just purely to worldly things and things which weren't there previously. The use of, for example, books. You know, within two covers that that wasn't really used before, for example, and all these other things which occurred during the times of the Sahaba, these like were new things. All of these are definitely muhdath, muhdatha, meaning that they are newly invented affairs. They weren't found in the li- lives of the people before, but they are not blameworthy. They are not blameworthy because they are not re- attached to the religion. They don't have any connection, direct connection with the religion and you know the same can be said regarding the word innovations when we say bid'a um, you know the word bid'a can be applied in purely a linguistic sense and in, in, in the sense that you know the meaning of bid'a is, just, is, is basically something which has no previous example or no previous model or example and so therefore we can rightly describe certain things as being innovations like for example the automobile is an innovation uh, the phone, the cell phone is, is an innovation uh, and there's many other things that we can, that we can speak of which, which, which are innovations, we can say it's a bid'ah it was never there previously so we are using the word bid'ah not in the sharia sense but in a purely linguistic sense we are using the meaning, uh, we are applying the meaning that is behind this word and an example of that would be when Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu anhu what he did was he gathered all of the people together behind a single imam uh, in order to pray the Tarawi prayer in Ramadan. Uh, this was something that the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he did for just a few nights in his lifetime. 
and then he left it out of the fear that it might be made obligatory upon the people. So from that time, uh, through the time of Abu Bakr, the Khilaf of Abu Bakr, and through part of the time of Umar ibn al-Khattab, this was abandoned. No one would pray collectively in the mosque in Ramadan to pray the Tarabi prayer. Then in the time of Umar ibn al-Khattab, what he did was he gathered all of the people together behind a single imam in the masjid because they used to play, pray in isolation, in ones or twos or separately in the mosque or at home. So he gathered them all together. And when he did this, he said, he made the remark, Ni'matil bid'ah hadihi. So he said, how excellent an innovation is this. So he used this word. However, when he used this word, Ni'matul bid'ati hadihi, what an excellent innovation this is, he didn't mean to use the word in the Sharia sense, in the sense that he has now innovated something that had no previous example in the Sharia, because to pray collectively behind a single Imam in the Tarawih prayer did have a previous example in the time of the Messenger. So clearly he didn't mean bid'ah in the Sharia sense, he meant it in a purely linguistic sense, in the sense that how excellent um, you know, an, uh, like a, a new idea or whatever uh, this is. So he, he, so he described this action from the angle of the, the, the language, not from the angle of the Sharia meaning of this particular word. So the Sheikh says that now this issue has become clear. In other words, what the Sheikh has done here is, is made us aware that when we use this word bid'ah and when we use this word muhdath, something that is an innovation, something that's newly risen, then we should be aware that sometimes the word can be used from purely a linguistic point of view, in which case it can refer to everything which is considered to be a newly invented affair, whether it's from the religion or whether it's not from the religion. Why? Because this is the general overall meaning of these words, the universal meaning of these words. Right? It can be used in that sense, or it can be used purely from a Sharia point of view to refer to something that is invented and introduced into the religion specifically. In that case, it takes a very specialized meaning and it refers to those things which are introduced into, into the religion, confusing it with the religion and seeking nearness to Allah by uh, way of that. So now that, that, now that that's become clear, what is this hadith referring to? This hadith is clearly referring only to the second type of meaning meaning that which relates to the religion. The reason why this is important is because often when you speak to people who are mixed up in certain innovations and they'll try and argue with you and they'll say, well, you know, um, uh, you know are, you, are you trying to say that airplanes are bad? Because they're innovations. Are you trying to say that using cell phones are bad? Because they're innovations. They were in the time of the messenger. Are you trying to say that speakerphones or the microphones are... You know, so they'll try and come with this type of uh, 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 argument. So... This clarifies to us and explains that basically something which is a bid'ah, something which is muhdath, something which is newly arisen, then you know, uh, we, we, we can apply this word from a purely linguistic point of view to, to refer to things which were not there previously. And there's nothing, nothing wrong with that as we will see further on when we come to the, the, the precise definition of what is an innovation. So it's important for us to understand the difference between the linguistic meaning of these words, the general linguistic meaning of uh, the word bid'ah and the word muhdath and the very specific meaning as it relates to the sharia of the word bid'ah and, and, and the word muhdath and we should be, be, be clear that what this particular hadith is referring to 
this hadith is referring purely to the innovated affairs in the religion in the religion because this hadith has indicated that any innovation in the religion it is rejected and the same thing is indicated in many verses in the Quran from those verses in the Quran is the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala am lahum shuraka'u shara'u lahum min ad-din ma lam ya'dham bihillah Allah says do they have partners who have legislated for them in the religion that for which Allah has granted no permission surah al-shura surah 42 verse 21 so here Allah has Allah has Allah has described these people as shuraka as partners why because they these people have legislated something in the religion something which Muhammad sallallahu did not actually come with and something for which Allah did not give any permission in 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 the sharia so therefore it is it's as if these people have been made as partners with Allah in legislating affairs in the religion and likewise in another verse Allah says al-yawma akmaltu lakum dinakum wa atmamtu alaykum ni'mati wa raditu lakum al-islam dina that this day have i completed uh, perfected my uh, perfected the religion for you your religion for you and completed my favor upon you and i'm pleased with islam uh, and i'm pleased for you with islam as your religion surah al-maidah surah 5 verse 3 also indicating the completion of the sharia and the false falsity of newly invented affairs in the religion and likewise allah said in another verse qul in kuntum tuhibbun allah fattabi'uni yuhibbukum allah say if you truly do love allah then follow me then and as a result of which allah will indeed love you surah surah ali imran surah 3 verse 31 again this verse indicating that all that is required from a believer is to imitate and follow the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam because everything has been made sufficient for him and not to innovate and to introduce new affairs so the, the, the these verses and there are many other verses all of which have a similar meaning the meaning of which is that the religion is complete and perfect all that's required for you is to to follow and to uh, to obey the messenger and you know another example here the sheikh brings is the saying of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wa ma ataakumur rasulu fakhudhuhu wa ma nahaakum anhu fantahu that whatever the messenger gives to you then take it and whatever he prohibits you from then refrain from it surah al-hashr surah 57 uh, surah 59 verse 7 so the sheikh says likewise we find in the hadith we find many many uh, uh, statements of the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam in which there is found a criticism of innovations and newly invented affairs uh, like for example when the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam used to say in every jumu'ah and in other than jumu'ah as well ala inna kull muhdathatin bid'ah wa kull bid'atin dalalah wa kull dalalatin fin nar indeed every newly invented affair is an innovation and every innovation is misguidance and all of misguidance is in the hellfire and there also occurs in the books of the sunan the hadith of al irbad bin sariya radiyallahu anhu who said that the messenger of allah gave us an admonition one day uh, a very far reaching admonition the hearts tremored on account of it and the eyes shed tears on account of it so we said o messenger of allah it's as if this is a farewell sermon and then the hadith continues 
and in the hadith that occurs that the messenger sallallahu alaihi said at the end of this hadith indeed anyone amongst you who lives for long will see great controversy so upon you is my sunnah and the sunnah of the rightly guarded khulafa who come after me hold on to it uh, and bite onto it with your molars for indeed every newly invented affair is an innovation and so, so therefore we've seen we can see that there are verses in the quran and likewise there are ahadith from the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam all of which speak about the the completion of the religion and the falsehood and the evilness of newly invented affairs and on top of that the scholars like the, the scholars of the salaf that is all of them are unanimously agreed upon the falsehood and the falsity of newly invented affairs every newly invented affair every innovation in the religion then the scholars are it is agreed upon that this is false and you know when when, when this is made like an innovation in the religion and you know the 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 um they uh, yeah so they, so they apply this hadith to it the, this hadith man ahdatha fi amrina man ahdatha fi amrina hadha ma laysa minhu fa huwa raddun that anyone who introduces into this affair of ours that which does not belong to it then it will be uh, rejected uh, so after this the sheikh says that when we look at the issue of innovations we find that there are a number of definitions which have been used by the people of knowledge um, a number of d- definitions and the Sheikh says that although there are many we're just going to stick to two at this particular point we're just going to stick to two definitions at this particular point in other words what are the precise definitions of the word bid'ah right how how do we understand precisely what is the definition of something that would be would be considered to be an innovation in the religion meaning something that is blameworthy and something that is rejected what is that precise definition which we can use to help us understand what exactly is and what exactly is not an uh, innovation uh, so the sheikh goes on to mention these uh, definitions and then he discusses them so inshallah i think what we'll do is that we will leave the discussion of that for the next lesson inshallah ta'ala when we'll complete the rest of this uh, rest of this discussion i think we've got halfway through it so inshallah i don't think we'll have time to complete the rest of it so what we'll do at this point is just conclude the lesson at this point and then we'll finish off uh, the rest of it in the next lesson inshallah ta'ala next week at the same time so just to uh, summarize then basically uh, the sheikh has given us a broad uh, explanation of this hadith uh, he said that this hadith is a foundation in rejecting every type of innovation. It's something that a student of knowledge, someone who's seeking knowledge and learning the knowledge, that he should be eager for this hadith, to understand this hadith and to understand the various issues that this hadith highlights and contains. And uh, the Sheikh says this hadith is applicable uh, to not just actions, but to beliefs and statements likewise. And that it applies to every single thing which is introduced into the religion. The Sheikh also made us aware that uh, uh, that um, the the when we use the word bid'ah and muhdatha, that these words can sometimes carry just purely linguistic purely a linguistic meaning. So we can sometimes use them linguistically to, to you know to to apply the meaning. For example, when we say uh, what an excellent innovation is the automobile or what's an excellent innovation is the microphone and so on and so forth then here we're speaking purely in 
we're using the words purely from a linguistic point of view, there's nothing, that, you know, the, 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 this is one application of the words. Or we can speak from a Sharia point of view and speak purely of the Sharia meaning, in which case we are referring to affairs which are in, introduced into the religion and deemed to be from the religion when they are not, and, you know, people try to seek nearness to Allah by way of them, then obviously this hadith is referring to this particular meaning only and not to the first meaning. And this is because often many people, when you quote this hadith to them, they will say to you, well, you know, are you trying to say that airplanes are haram? Or are you trying to say that cars are haram? Because these are, anyway, obviously these people lack knowledge, lack understanding, and they clearly, you know, uh, 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 don't understand the, you know, the, the, this distinction between uh, these words from a purely linguistic point of view and from the actual uh, Sharia meanings and the Sharia applications of these words. So the Shaykh clarified that and made that distinction. And the Shaykh says that this hadith, that this hadith, is speaking purely about the second type, which which is the Sharia meaning and those affairs which are unique to uh, the religion. And then he went on to mention proofs from the Quran, from the Sunnah, uh, for the completion of the religion, the perfection of the religion, and that innovations are evil and rejected, and that the Messenger used to warn against them, and that the scholars of the Salaf are all unanimously agreed upon the issue that anyone who brings something into this religion <coughs> which has no previous precedent in the Sharia or in the Sunnah then no doubt that will be rejected against that person and at this point the Shaykh then comments on to the, the specific and precise definitions given by the scholars for innovation of, of the word Bid'ah which we need to understand and for that inshallah we will leave that for the next lesson and continue with that inshallah ta'ala in the next lesson so that uh, wraps up today's lesson and we'll finish there, inshallah.